So it's the 12th of November, 2022. So in just one month and 19 days, it will be the end of this year already. And we can see how the days, the nights, they pass by, they pass by. And so the Buddha cautioned us, reminded us, for what are we doing right now? So we've probably heard uh, before that having been born into this uh, life, we gain this body, this conditioned uh, form. And then as the days pass after our birth, then we gain things. And we take those things to be me and belong to me. So initially it's just this body. This body grows and we're not aware so much of other things. But as we carry on growing up, uh, then the knowledge that we gain grows and grows. So the feeling of me and mine also grows and grows. So another way of talking about it is that if all of us wish to be wealthy, all of us wish to be rich. And we can see how we're all kind of wealthy in terms of old age, sickness and death. That we're all equal in that regard. That we're all family members uh, due to this. All friends in aging, friends in sickness and friends in death. So we should consider this, that we're all family, that everyone in the world is friends. So we should follow this Buddha's teachings, uh, that we should not harm one another. Because what's the point in causing harm to each other when these bodies of ours have to get old and sick and then die? That this old age and sickness and death, it's harming us already. So we should think and contemplate uh, in this way. And how all people, and of all the people that are born, those who make it to the age of a hundred are very few. And what's even fewer than this is the people who see the Dhamma and reach the Dhamma. And by seeing the Dhamma, and reaching the Dharma, what that is, is seeing nature in its truth. So when we attain to the Dharma, what we attain to is nature. Right now, however, we're not seeing that, and so we're deluded. So by seeing, what that is, is knowledge. Not seeing is delusion. And when we gain things, we're deluded by those things. And if we um, don't have something, we're also deluded by that not having of something. And if we kind of think that we are correct, we're only correct in a deluded way. So for practitioners, um, if we have wrong view, then they'll always be suffering coming up, because this is the cause of suffering.
So we should see how everyone who is born, even though they may have many things, they're not able to take any of that uh, from this world with them when they die. But people who have wisdom, um, they'll see that this is an opportunity that they have, this birth, to build up goodness, to create good karma, to give rise to wisdom so that the dukkha, the stress and suffering that we experience, reduces and reduces. So it's hard to find people who live over a hundred years. So having this life, we should use this life in a way that gives rise to value. That's appropriate uh, with this opportunity that we have to raise and build up goodness, to seek out goodness. But for those without wisdom, having been born, then they just stay deluded on and on. So we need to be intent on this training, on this practice, training our minds. Because if we don't train these minds of ours, then they'll always be deluded in this way. Dying and then getting born, and being born and then dying, and just carrying on like this. But for us, we're lucky that we have this human birth, and so we have this opportunity to do good deeds. But for the most part, people having been born, um, they just stay deluded. And then they die. And upon death, they've got a low chance in gaining a human body again. So we need to try to not be heedless, need to put in our efforts to following these teachings of the Buddha. So we're aware of what it is that uh, the Buddha taught, but we can also have this feeling that we're not able to follow those teachings. And that feeling comes from delusion. That delusion closes our minds. We may get the inspiration to put an effort, but then our minds are pulled back again. They're pulled into delighting in this world. And it's this deluded delight in the world that ties the beings of the world here. It fastens us to old age, to sickness, to death, and to birth. So we should contemplate to see the dangers and the drawbacks in samsara. You can see how all the rivers in this world, or the great seas, that we have in all our, in our births uh, cried more tears than all of the water in the ocean. So if we reflect upon this, we can see how this is definitely possible. Because we can't count the number of times that we've been born. Even though the tears in each birth may be not all that many, but the number of births that we've had are great. So we go from having things to not having those things being separated from the things that we love. So we should contemplate that 
in this life, we do need to meet with separation from the things that we like, the things that we love, and upon that then we will suffer. But these days people are seeking out many pleasant things, seeking out to gain things that they love. So it's like Lady Visaka. She had a granddaughter who she loved very much. And when that granddaughter passed away, uh, she suffered. Even though she was a Sotapanna, she still experienced uh, great grief. Because this granddaughter of hers uh, was very skilled at uh, organizing meritorious events. And this was uh, the position that she was given uh, to manage um, these meritorious uh, events or um, activities. And she was very good um, at that. Uh, but then she um, passed away, even though she was uh, quite a young age at that time. And so Lady Visaka experienced uh, much sadness. She had very strong samadhi, but her emotions were also very strong. So she wasn't able to kind of get her head kind of clear about this or contemplate this well. So she went to see the Buddha. And we may well have read the Sutta before, that the Buddha um, said to her, well, if you have a hundred things that you love, then you'll have a hundred sources of sadness. And Lady Visaka gained, regained her mindfulness upon hearing this. And she understood how, well, this is just normal. And she was able to accept the normality of the situation. Initially, she was deluded in his goodness because her granddaughter was someone who was very good. But then her mindfulness came back and she realized that this is just the nature of things. Because she'd seen the Dhamma already, but then she got a bit lost, a bit distracted. But then she managed to regain this mindfulness. So we should contemplate this as well. Reflect how the days and nights are passing by. And time is constantly consuming all beings. It consumes everything, even itself. So for the people in the world now, um, if we think about a hundred years from now, that all these people will be gone. All the animals, all the humans will have disappeared, vanished. But because of the new births, we don't see this. We don't see this uh, deterioration, this decay. People die, and then new people are born. And so we see that the world is full of people. But if we kind of take a check on the people who are here now, who are currently in this world, then in a hundred years' time, almost everyone will not be here anymore, will have died already. This world will be absent of them. So we should contemplate this, reflect in this way, 
our, our lives are unsure, but death is sure. And this is something that I would use myself, a means of reflection, contemplating and repeating to myself that life is unsure, death is sure. I need to die for sure, death is the end of my life. And through this greed, hatred and delusion, even though it may be very powerful, it can be quelled and uh, put to rest. And the mind can come to peace and enter into a state of samadhi. And then this feeling of sobriety, of um, chastened dispassion can arise. We can see that this is the benefit of contemplating death. Another benefit is that we have this perception of inconstancy and of change, how things aren't sure. And this is very close to wisdom. So when we recite this phrase of contemplating death, then we also bring this into our hearts, and our hearts in turn can come to peace. So if we see people who have many, many possessions, we tell ourselves, well, that's not sure, that they all need to die just the same. That there are those who have, there are those who don't have, and sometimes people go from not having to having. But they should be cautious here as well, to not get deluded in that, because if they because they can then die in a deluded state. And that can all change. And why is that? Well, it's because the truth of this is that it's not there, that we don't really have these things. But our minds attach to them. We gain these possessions that we attach to them. But really all of it is empty. But the mind still clings all the same and claims that it's not empty, that it really does belong to me, it is me. And so then we suffer. So we need to contemplate this well, so the wisdom arises before this body decays and breaks apart. We need to give rise to wisdom before that point. So in this life that we have left, then we should use that so that it gives rise to value and to benefit. So that we use that life to do good deeds, create goodness. So that our minds can find uh, joy and refreshment in the Dhamma, in the goodness and the skillfulness that we have created. Because we don't reside in this world for a long time. We're not permanent residents here. That we just stay here temporarily. And that's true for all of us. So may all of you set your hearts on this. <laughs>